Hello, welcome to a special emergency episode of Soberish. I am sick with uh, something very wet, so I don't think it's coronavirus, but um, I apologize now for the sounds that I'll make in addition to talking on this podcast. I'm recording this podcast at the Embassy Suites, Portland Airport, and I don't know if I've ever referenced this dream on this podcast, but there were a few dreams that I had during alien school and my awakening 20 years ago that were prophecies and I knew that they were prophecies and I've never forgotten them. One of them was, and as many of you know, I was in Portland when I went through my awakening. One of them was the aliens took me up to the clouds above downtown Portland and they said that we will live here and we will be here, but we won't be here. We won't be subject to the things that are happening down there. And when we looked down, the world was on fire. And he said, and every once in a while, one of them will be ready and we'll reach down and we'll pull them up here with us. And I took that to mean that at some point there would be a separation. And I, you know, obviously I've speculated on this podcast and other podcasts about what I thought that separation would be. As the last few months have gone on, I've realized that the separation will likely not be physical, that we will still physically exist in the same reality, just be playing by a different set of rules. But that there would be some type of Armageddon, not Armageddon, apocalyptic scenario that might play out. And that we will be in it, but not subject to it because we will know that we're playing a game and um, the awakening will still be happening. And at some point the, the scales will tip. The other dream that I had was of the night that the world ended. And I was in a hotel, a big fancy hotel, which when I had this dream, I was 21 and you know, didn't have money at any point in my life. So I hadn't stayed in anything nicer than a Motel 6, I don't think. And um, this hotel was fancy and it had gold elevators. And you could see the elevators from the entire inside of the hotel. And there was a party happening that night. And people were all dressed up in masks and costumes and like the whole place. It had like a New Year's Eve vibe of like very excited. Not like New Year's Eve now, but New Year's Eve 20 years ago. And there was a, a like a dragon. I don't know that much about this culture, but it was like uh, like a Chinese like New Year's dragon that's like made out of like that parachute material or whatever that they were like. I was, everything everyone was excited and I was there and I was in the party but there was a sensation like I knew that on the other side of this outside of this hotel the world was ending and it needed to end because we were going into the new world but there was still a heaviness to it where it was like yeah I'm excited I'm at this party I wasn't dressed up I was staying in this hotel but I was like kind of just focused you know it was kind of the energy of like at the end of Game of Thrones where they're all partying, but there's like this heaviness still where it's like tomorrow we go to war. Um, it had that energy. I had that energy. And I was like the only person that wasn't drunk and partying and it was fine. But I rode up to the top of the elevator and just everyone was kind of on my nerves and I was just like walking back to my hotel room. And that was kind of the whole dream was just like me at this party. I had like 
hung out at the party long enough and was like, all right, I'm going to go get back to work. I uh, had never seen that hotel before when I had that dream. And in 2000, it could have been, oh, you know what? That might have been fucking 2012, 2011 or 2012. Weird. I usually know exactly what year everything is. I would have to probably think about it for a second. But I was living in Delaware and I came back to Portland for Thanksgiving one year. We walk into this hotel that I had booked because I worked at the Hilton. So I got to book this embassy suites in Portland. And um, it's the exact hotel from the dream. At that point, I had had 12 years before and I freak out and I'm like, oh my God, this is the hotel from the end of the world. The end of the world's going to happen while we're here. And I wouldn't shut the fuck up about it because I was like, I'm here. This means something. This is crazy. This is it. Something's going to happen while we're here and nothing happened. But this hotel means something to me. So I book it quite a bit when I'm in town. And uh, I haven't stayed here the last few times I was in Portland. I've been staying it. I found some other hotels that I like more. But I booked it for some reason this trip. And um, it's interesting that I'm here right now in Portland and I'm at this hotel because I think perhaps this is it. Welcome to the collapse. I thought that was cool and dramatic. Welcome to Soberish, the, I don't know, it might be the apocalypse. Let's flesh this out a little bit. Podcast. I'm Jessa, your host. Uh, man, shit's been weird. Shit's been weird for a minute. And uh, I guess it's time to get up off of some of those 60 downloads that I was getting earlier in the year. I talk so much shit about the 5D stuff and then I like watched myself like take things too literal and so I kind of sat on a bunch of these there were a lot of the 60 um sorry the 60 downloads that were just about the systems and the systemic racism and everything else that were going to need to go and a lot of the last became the first and the first became the last stuff a lot of switching around of the power dynamics a lot of the lanes changing um these were all things that were going to need to happen in 60 and the kind of the changes that 60 would naturally bring to the order of things. And I kept recording episodes about it, but then there were also other things. They were like, I kept wanting to tell you guys like, hey, we need to pick a spot to meet if the internet goes down. But then I thought, if I say that, everyone's going to go fucking nuts. You know, I don't want to create hysteria. But I would like to say at this point that if, if the shit hits the fan and the internet goes down, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but we should all find our way to Sedona. I don't know where you get a map, but maybe have it somewhere as a, as a possible game plan that, uh, you know, have some shit written down on pieces of paper in case technology goes out. That said, let's not pull that timeline. Here's what's happening. Weird that I did start to get into this on the Ramin episode from last week, but when you're living in a movie 
and you decide that you don't want to be in that movie anymore, you start to put pieces of your attention and your perception into another, the other side of the scale, into another timeline. And at some point, you hit the tipping point and you collapse the old timeline. You destroy the thing that you don't want anymore. Now, people used to do this unconsciously all the time. People would be in a marriage and they would complain endlessly about the marriage and like spend all their time bitching about things that they don't like about their partner. And then eventually one day that marriage falls apart and they're like, how did I lose this thing? And it's like, uh, you only invested your attention in that which you didn't desire. And so you were provided with more of the same. It's how it works. Um, it's the same thing with the shrinking jacket of the job or whatever. I am going to use this as an example, um, on a small scale of what is happening right now. In 2009, in the middle of getting my fucking ass kicked by buying into the recession and the fear-based shit around it, that doesn't mean that the recession's not real. That doesn't mean that your concerns about the economic whatever future is not real. But your perception matters. Where you point your perception matters. The narrative that you write around the story fucking matters. It matters for your own experience. It matters for the collective experience. I'm not implying that anyone shouldn't feel their feelings here right now, but I am implying that the narrative that you choose to write over the course of the next month will matter. And you get to decide what kind of timeline we all end up on. In 2008, the, the crash happened and I, I'd only been awake again. I kept falling asleep and forgetting that I live in a dream, in a game. <coughs> I'd only been awake again for about, a, fuck, six months before the crash happened. I think I was kind of intentionally put back to sleep for a chunk of time so I could learn how to function in reality. And once I was crushing in reality, they snapped me back awake and then, uh, then the crash happened. And so now this is a different kind of falling asleep, right? It's a choice. And, um, and by falling asleep and awake, there's so many different definitions of this, but essentially remembering that you are a higher dimensional being and that this reality is subject to your, uh, direction and not vice versa is is the awake I'm going to talk about here there's all kinds of like self-awareness and all this other shit 5d 60 whatever all this stuff is basically a decision it's not a value judgment it's not whether or not you're worthy or not it's like these things are available 60 is available for all of us is that where you choose to keep your perception okay is that where you choose to keep your consciousness and uh no value judgment if you don't no big deal Although it would really help right now if we could all try to stay as higher dimensional as possible. So uh, this is a great example. This is a great example of exactly where we are all at right now. So 2007, I suddenly wake back up and I'm like, oh shit, I am a higher dimensional being. I'm in on this planet. This is a game. None of this is real. Got it. And I start to get back into this stuff. And then the crash happens. The crash happens right after I've made a bunch of huge life changes, which that's a really like, I want to say tenuous, but I'm not sure if that's what that word means. It's a really like, it's almost the timeline. Fuck. The timeline is exactly the same because this was like March of 2008. So I wake up in November. <coughs> 
I wake back up in November. So I instantly have like all this access to all of my files. And I'm like, all right, well, cool. Now I'm living in the real world. I'm not on drugs. I have some money. You know, I'm just like, like a job and a car and shit. I can function in this reality. Let's crush it. And I leave Delaware and my, uh, we just got married. My husband and I moved to Portland. We drive to Portland in early February and we get there. And within, I think two weeks, the crash is everywhere. And I, before this, don't even know what the economy is. I didn't. I've never been plugged into the world. So I just, I don't fucking understand how somebody else's money affects my money, whatever. And we can't get jobs. <coughs> There's no jobs. Gas is super expensive. And money was already something that I had never really hacked because I didn't, I grew up poor and I had all of this programming. So when they're pumping this fear, I suddenly buy into it. I really buy into it. And um, I knew before that not to listen to that shit and to stay in charge of my own narrative. And that even if this thing is happening, yes, it's happening, but you always, without exception, have the option of writing a different movie for yourself. There's exceptions to everything all over the place. There are people who are like, well, how does that person fucking survive? How does that person do that? It's because they're writing a different narrative. You create this reality and not vice versa. But this reality will mirror back some crazy shit to you sometimes and you have to be able to keep your shit together. And there's a delicate balance between telling you not to feel your feelings and not to acknowledge the reality that you're currently in. I'm not talking about spiritual bypassing. But I am talking about if you want to be a creator in this game, there has to be some stillness within you. Feel your feelings. Like I was crying in a bathtub last night. And then it's like, okay, got that out of my system. Now, time to get back to the game. This is not what I did in 2008. <coughs> I bought into it. And if I'm honest, as awful as it was, as fucking hellish as it was for me for the next few years... I liked it. There was a part of me that enjoyed being freaked out. There was part of me that enjoyed having a reason to freak out. And that's a part that you have to be fucking honest about. You have to find that program inside of you and you have to acknowledge it. If you want to beat this game. Now, if you want, we can do, we can do whatever we want here. There are three timelines currently happening. Three apples currently spinning. If you don't know what the apples are, go listen to the last episode. Number one, this thing fizzles out in about 10 days. We go back to pretty much business as usual, but money's going to be tight and we're going to have to deal with a recession. I'm fucking not interested in that one, so don't be pussies. Let's not bail. Number two, we go full apocalyptic timeline and shit gets crazy for what feels like a couple years. I do have to say, if we go with number one, uh, we will do this again, most likely next year. Um... Number two goes full apocalypse, walking dead type shit. We lose a bunch of people, but then we rebuild, but it's very like localized, whatever. I don't know. That one's kind of fuzzy. Number three is the tower. Let these systems collapse. Uh, the sickness part doesn't feel like much. I don't think we're going to lose a ton of people to this disease. A ton of people. Sorry. I know some people will die, but this doesn't feel like, you know, the plague that like wipes out a bunch of us. I do think it wipes out the systems currently in place. I think it wipes out the house of cards that is capitalism. It forces us 
to change the way these systems are done. It gives us a month, I think, in our houses to create art and pick a new timeline and gather together on the internet or possibly locally in uh, in certain regions and start building the new world. It's a little bit early for that, but I think we may have accidentally started to collapse this timeline. Those are the three scenarios that are currently like all very viable. Um, sorry, this is kind of all over the place. So 2008, I buy in. I buy in all the way because I liked it. I liked it. And uh, I wouldn't have said that then. I wouldn't have said that when I was just having panic attacks and obsessively looking at my bank account and borrowing more and more money to try to survive. I wouldn't have told you that I liked it. I can look back now and tell you that I can see the part of me that was playing a game and was unconsciously playing a game. And there's, here's, here's the, you ever been in a toxic relationship where it's just bad? It's just been bad for a while and you're now addicted to things going wrong. You're addicted to that person fucking up. When they don't return your call, there's a part of you, if you're honest, there is a part of you that is excited that you have something to be mad about today. And it's subtle and it's subconscious and you have to be very honest with yourself about that, that you're like, oh yeah, I am addicted to this cycle with this person and I am excited that I have an excuse to be mad. That's the part, that's the program, that's the thing underneath that it is fun. If you're honest, it is fun to sit around and talk about what if we lose everything. There is an addictive component to the freak out. There's definitely something fun about sitting around and being like, okay, what are we going to do if we have to do this? Like we have to be honest, like that's in us. That's a part of us that's playing a game. This is the part we have to stay awake to. What scenario do you want? What do you want? We are choosing this adventure. What do we want to experience? I already feel so many people pushing me back on this. I understand what's happening out there right now. Take a look at the things that have happened in the last five days. This is a completely unprecedented reality. I'm not saying don't be prepared by any fucking stretch. But I think that we're probably going to spend a little bit of time in our houses. And I think that what we choose to do with our attention and our perception during that time is going to matter. Your perception and where you point it matters. If you don't believe that, I don't know why you listen to this fucking podcast. Taking us out of our day-to-day lives gives us an opportunity to write a new premise for this reality. Or... It gives us weeks to sit around and obsess over losing something that we didn't even fucking like. We didn't like the old life. We didn't like the old reality. We didn't like the old systems. Let them die. Let the past die. If it's dying right now, it's dying because we already started to take so much energy out of it and put it into something else. And this is the part in creating reality where you have to hold your shit together. Things only fall apart. Towers only happen because you didn't want to be there anymore. And you have to be fucking honest with yourself about that. We didn't like it. It didn't work. Don't mourn its death. Stay still and put your energy in the solution. Daydream. Spend your time thinking about 
what would a utopia be like? What would a community where everybody took care of each other and the rich didn't get richer, but everyone just prospered together. Everyone was abundant together. You don't have anything else to do. Spend your time thinking about that. Spend your time imagining if we had all of these systems were written on a whiteboard and right now what was happening is that whiteboard was being wiped clean and we were going to create a new system from scratch. Worrying about the death of the old world is not going to help you. You're not going to get anything from it except for more fucking anxiety. Take a break and think about the new world. Create art about the new world. Write songs about the new world. Write poems about the new world. Fill your mind and your heart and your thoughts and your conversations with what could potentially come out of this. What if the economic system collapses to the point where they just have to say there's no more debt because we don't even know where to fucking start? And jobs can't be the way that jobs used to be and all of this property ownership, like we can't kick anybody out of their properties, like it's utter chaos right now. Let's just pretend the last couple of months didn't happen and let's build this thing from scratch. Because at this point, so many people are fucked over that if they left it the way it is, we would literally go eat the rich. This is a lot of time for the calculated strike that I also, I definitely talked about on Patreon recently, but I really saw this as something that was going to happen next March, but I mean, shit's already hit the fan, so I guess maybe I'll talk about it now. There is a stretch of time that I saw that I didn't want to talk about publicly because it felt dangerous to talk about it publicly. There was a stretch of time that I saw in my mind that was about a week and it was something like the astrologers knew when it, the right time would be and the witches would bind the parasites and the macros would move the characters. And if you don't know what any of these words mean, sorry, you have to dig through old content. If everybody brought their gift to the table we could shift this timeline collectively. We could all do the cups on the same night. We could all just move everybody to this new reality. This still feels a year away from me, for me, but I don't know what the fuck is happening right now. During that Mercury retrograde the, the, uh, that we just came out of, the trajectory got wiped for me. Like I can ordinarily see kind of a like a like a track in my mind with like a chess board and I kind of know what's going to happen and like mine got wiped, everyone's got wiped. Readings were fucking grueling. Sorry to anyone who got one during that Mercury retrograde cuz everything was completely up in the air. And Lacey and I hadn't talked in a while and then I finally got her on the phone and I was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. Something happened with this death of the masculine that put us into some like, and by masculine, I mean masculine energy. Somebody who sent me an email message about this is, we're going into a masculine age. The, whether or not it's a feminine or masculine age is not determined by astrology. I don't know what the fuck it's determined by, but we are coming out of a masculine age not because it was Pisces but just because it was look at it it was masculine um anyway side side note it's a fem it's we're going into a feminine age I don't know why like I don't know where I get this shit but um also it doesn't matter but the uh the death of the masculine energy um the unconscious masculine energy that has like a stronghold on the way that this planet works um, that was happening in January and the first half of February 
it did something. It did like it glitched or something. And we got like the energy got so fucking crazy during that retrograde. And everything was foggy for me in a way that it hadn't been. And the fogginess felt like we haven't decided yet. Everything is completely up in the air. And then as that Mercury retrograde started to like settle, that fog started to kind of hit the ground. I was like, oh shit. Oh man. So this is how we're going to do it, huh? I have always said that when the systems collapse, they will collapse quick. I'm not positive that this is it because it might not be. It's really hard to predict right now because it really is up to us. It's up to you guys. It's up to everybody. Where do you want to point your perception? Understand that as someone who is awake and who is tuned into higher dimensions, your perception matters more than the perception of people who are dead asleep. So if there's a hundred people who are asleep pointing their perception at business as usual, that equals one of you pointing your perception as business as usual. Is that what you want to do? You want to take the safe route? Do you want to go back to the old reality and just and 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 keep plugging away? I'm all right with that. But for every hundred people that are pointing it at some apocalyptic scenario, which could be fun, but I don't I have kids, you know, it'd be a lot more fun if I didn't have to like try to keep kids safe. But I would prefer that we just maybe collapse these systems and start new. But I could also go back to business as usual. You get to decide your perception matters where you point your perception matters. Once again, I'm not saying don't feel your feelings. There's a difference. Okay. There's a difference between, Hey man, I'm scared. I'm scared voicing your feelings, working through your feelings, and then kind of resetting to like, okay, so these are the things that are happening. These are the things that are making me feel like these are, this is how it makes me feel. These are my genuine concerns. That said, before this started, I knew that I was a God and I was creating my own movie. So I'm not going to forget that. Reality doesn't suddenly become real because we hit a rough patch. Reality doesn't suddenly become real because people are sick. Reality doesn't suddenly become real because the economy is crashing. It's the exact same level of real that it was before. It's real because we're in it, but it is still being shaped by our perception. So where do you want to point your perception? 2008, I point my perception at the crash. I buy into it. I completely fucking buy into it. It turns into a nightmare for me. Looking back, it wasn't a nightmare. I didn't actually, I was poor, you know, but I didn't actually end up on the streets. Not to say people didn't. I did manage to survive. My expectations of what survival looked like went way down. And as a result, that's how it was. And at that point, I decided I need to hack abundance. I do remember sensations that I've talked about before on many podcasts where like I'm at the gym and there's, they have TV camera that like TVs pointed at the fucking like ellipticals and the treadmills and I'm trying to run and it's just like pumping into me. And I remember like when commercials would come in, I could run fast and then they would put the thing on and I would see the words going across the bottom, which would be a lot easier now because I can't fucking see anything. And uh, I, it, w- it would take away my ability to run. And I started to tune into things like this. And I was like, oh, this is making it worse. I need to unplug from this. But there is this thing where it's like, oh, if you're not plugged into it, you're being irresponsible. You're burying your head in the sand. You need to help. You need to. But people act like worrying is a fucking virtue. And it's not a virtue. Worrying is not a virtue. There's a difference between processing your feelings and, and processing your experience 
and fucking dumping your energy into the worst possible case scenario. There is a fucking difference. Worrying is not a virtue. It does not make you more responsible. It does not bring anything to the fucking table. You have a powerful ability to perceive reality. Spend that attention on the solution. Feel your feelings, process your experiences, and then spend the rest of that mental energy thinking about the solution. It is not a fucking virtue to worry. It is not noble of you to just dwell and wallow in the worst things that are happening right now. Acknowledge them. I'm not saying be fucking positive all the time. But we have to start putting some eggs in the basket of the new world. Like we were doing before this shit hit the fan. Because this is most likely just the results of putting your eggs in the basket of a new world. Don't give up on the new world. We're going into labor a little bit early. Don't forget that there's a baby on the other side of this pain. I start getting into the secret, I guess. I, I, I get the secret on DVD. I don't know what else to do in 2008. I've, I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind. And uh, I can't stay awake. It's putting me to sleep. So I stop watching the news. I won't look at anything that has the news on it. Like I'm like, okay, I'll unplug. Number one, I'll unplug because it's definitely fucking me up. And then I write one ele- like 1111 on post-it notes and I put it all over the house. I put it on the front of my thing and I just try to, I try to stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. In the matrix, do not fucking forget you are in the matrix. And then I want to like fill my brain with shit that's like, okay, so what's the opposite of what's happening right now is manifesting abundance. So I'll just focus on that. So uh, at the time, not a ton of resources, but I did remember that the secret had come out a few years before or something. And so I get... Or maybe it was that year. I don't remember. So I get it had it on DVD. And then I always thought The Secret was a pretty watered down version. But I then uh, I get a couple books from the people who were on The Secret. And I just like try to just like fill like put more eggs in that basket. And then I start experimenting with manifestation of money. And it's something that I'm super fucking programmed to be afraid of. For the, Now it's love. <laughs> um I make a vision board and on the vision board I put, I want to own a home. And then I remember writing in a notebook, I can tell you where I was sitting in 2009, this is September of 2009, that I wanted to um, own my own house. And we're in the crash. I've been unemployed for a year and a half. My husband, you know, we're like, he's a felon. There's like no, no homeownership anywhere in the foreseeable future. And we're living in Portland. And I really would rather be in Delaware where my family is because I'm about to have a baby. And I forget that I wrote that in the notebook and life, life takes over. That was gross. Sorry. And, um, I have the baby and then my husband loses his job or something happens where we take a big hit financially. And then it looks as if my unemployment, because the unemployment went for 99 weeks, but it kept getting like canceled and then you'd, you'd have a couple weeks off and then they would do another uh, stimulus or whatever. Anyway, it looked like the ship was going down. And so we're like, fuck, we have to get the fuck out. And so we make plans to move to Delaware. Now, as this is happening, I, I feel like I'm living in hell. I've just given birth. I have postpartum depression. I feel like I'm living in a fucking nightmare. I believed myself to be in the maximum amount of debt that you could be in. Now, looking back, I was $6,000 in debt. God, that was fun. Um, wh- What fun that would be. 
I, uh, but it had all this darkness around it. I was bought into this, like, we're all going down. Never, things are never going to get better. They were saying that they were like, things are never going to get better. It's never going to return. We're going to suffer like this forever. You have to remember how fucking dark that was. And, um, it was extra dark for me because I was pointing all my perception at it, even though I was trying not to. I sell everything we own. I, uh, I scrounged together enough money to get me a plane ticket with the kids, with the younger or the younger baby. And Jason drove across the country with the older kids and we had to move into my parents' house. And I get to my parents' house. I have postpartum depression. I'm convinced that they don't want me there. This is a new fucking layer of hell. And, um, I'm like, I have to get the fuck out of here. And so I start looking at rental houses and then they're too expensive. There's some weird market where it was cheaper to buy. And uh, things just come together where my dad is like, his friend's a realtor. And so anyway, I buy a house. I buy a fucking house. And uh, the, the hell that I was living in from the moment I said, I want to buy this house until... I think I was in that house for a week. We moved in the night we moved in. I got some crazy stomach flu that I don't think was a stomach flu. I now see a lot of those stomach flu things as purging. And I purged all of this shit from the dead timeline. And then as I recovered, I was like, oh, fuck. I manifested this house. And then I kicked and screamed and fought and like wrestled with the death of that old timeline. And I got exactly what I wanted. I wanted to raise my baby around my family in Delaware. I wanted to own my own house and I resisted the death of that timeline. I fought it. I suffered through it so hard because when the old timeline starts to collapse, you naturally go, wait, I, this is my familiar thing. This is my thing that I know and it's dying, which means I'm going to die. Everything's going to go away. And I got the new thing, but I suffered through the end of that timeline. And after that, I learned if you want something new, the old thing's going to have to die and you have to hold your shit together while it dies. Conversely, in, um, weird how these timelines match up in, uh, on April 20th of 2019, I did the cups. The two cup method is a manifestation method. You can Google two cup manifestation method. And I put four huge things, my entire life basically on those cups. I put that I was financially dependent on my ex-husband. I put that I was in love with someone I didn't want to be in love with anymore. I put that I was unemployed because that's basically what comedy is. Um, and that I didn't like my appearance, whatever. And uh, on the next cup, I put that I was financially independent of anyone else, that I was happily single, that I was making whatever amount of money in entertainment, and that I was whatever happy with my appearance. I did the cups. Appearance immediately changed because that's just like the most literal perception thing. That's just a decision that we make about how we perceive ourselves. The next day, my ex-husband, who was financially supporting me at the time, lost his job. And a couple days after that, something happened that he would not be able to get another job anytime soon. Now, when that happened, I have zero income because a few days after that, uh, the person I was in love with, who was my business partner, uh, like we broke up and, um, 
Or maybe we had broken up the day I did the cups. I don't remember. But anyway, we start dissolving this thing that would eventually completely dissolve. But we, we decided to take months off from touring so that we could, you know, like start to unemesh. And so now I have zero income. I have zero income. I'm living in LA. It's extremely expensive. I have two kids and I have no fucking means of supporting them. I don't have a savings account. My credit cards are all maxed out. I don't have a way to pay those credit cards. I still have all of my finances combined with my ex-husband who now doesn't have a job and used to make really good money. So like now there's just, I have nothing, nothing. And that, those circumstances did not change for two straight months. And for two months, I just stared down reality. And uh, to be honest, I didn't spend much time, quote unquote, feeling my feelings or acknowledging the thing just because that's more coins in the, uh, on the other side of the scale. I was just like, yeah, this is the death of the old thing. I'm excited to see what the new thing is, but I'm not, I'm not buying into this. I'm not going to make it last for 15 months. It does not have to last for 15 months. It lasted for 15 months because I fought it so hard. So I just was in a standoff and really at the last minute I was like, okay, I'll go get a job. Uh, I guess I'll go get a regular job, you know, just to stop from like buying into a timeline where I lose everything. And then the boom, the new reality kicked in because ultimately this is a reality that reality is a moving set that just shapes around your instruction and, uh, asking reality what it is is dangerous it's a dangerous game to play this is where we're at right now we've spent the last six months talking amongst ourselves about creating a new world we've started to create those systems we've started to create a new economy we are pretty powerful and we might have started to collapse the old timeline yeah we can talk about the governments trying to get control yeah who cares they're not any more powerful than they were yesterday. Their literal only power, and by government I mean like secret government, not like fucking Trump. Uh, their only power is mind control. And you get to decide who's in control of your mind. Who gives a fuck? They're just going to shoot themselves in the foot. If this is like a plot to keep everyone asleep or whatever the fuck, they're just going to hurt themselves. I do feel a few people that are like, uh, yeah, I, it's all of these things. The thing is, it's a paradox and it's all of these things. So yes, there are sick people. Yes, we should be concerned about them. Yes, there are bad things happening. Yes, bad things happen in order to get to new things. Things have to die in order for new things to be born. This is part of the process. Um, if we didn't want to buy into the 3D narrative on life three months ago, this would be a really fucking weird time to start. I think this is us getting what we want. And at the minimum, if it's an opportunity for us to turn it into the thing that we want. But now more than ever, we have to take our perception and point it at the new way of doing things. Just fantasize. Spend your time fantasizing and, 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 and thinking like, okay, okay. Say everything collapses. What could we do? And then your programming is going to be want to be like they're never going to go for that. People are going to try to protect their fam. Like you know, like it's a conversation I had last night, which is like true. It's like the first thing we think is like people will go to insane means to protect their family. Okay, asleep people will, but we're awake, and we don't know how many fucking people out there woke up in this fucking death. We don't know how many of them are waking up right now in this death. 
no matter what, an awake person who has their shit together is more powerful than a thousand asleep people. You just have to know that about yourself. This game has to do what you tell it to do. Don't ask it. Tell it. We get to decide how this plays out. None of this is predetermined. That's why it's so fucking foggy right now. I do know June is a turning point. May feels like sunshine to me for some reason still. It didn't. It didn't last week. And September is a, is a big turning point. So here are my thoughts right now. I think this might just be a huge pause. I think this might be a huge foundational pause for us while we learn. We kind of game plan. We kind of strategize. And then I think uh, we might go back to business as usual for a minute and then see the real collapse. But uh, there's also the potential for a real collapse right now. And if the real collapse comes, that's when it's really important for you to just stay awake. It's crazy when you're in labor, it feels like you're dying. Like you really do think like, oh shit, I'm dying. I'm dying right now. There's something about that that window between life and death. I think we're in it. I'll know for sure in probably like five days. But if we play our cards right, we could have a new world here in a couple of years. I want to know what you guys think that would look like. Start writing stories. It doesn't have to be dystopian. They don't have to take control. None of this has to happen. We don't have to lose things that are valuable but maybe we lose things that didn't work. Reality the way that it was and the systems the way that they were, they were a dysfunctional relationship. And although it's hard to let that go, it wasn't in our best interest. And now we can have something that's better. But we have to keep our shit together while the tower falls. I am going to spend the next couple of days trying to get back down to my house and grab my kids. And I'm going somewhere else for a week or a month. And, uh, I'll be creating quite a bit of content. I'm going to open up my calendar for some more readings since I'll have more time. All my shows are getting canceled. Um, this has the potential to be something really great. And uh, for those of you that don't know what hide your consciousness in the sixth dimension meant, it was something I saw myself. I had like a vision of myself tweeting. It's happening. Hide your consciousness in the sixth dimension. And what that meant is like from the sixth dimension, you understand that the old systems of earth have to collapse in order for us to build the new one. And you have to get out of that first person shooter where the collapse is happening and you have to get up to that perspective of the RPG where you can see the big picture and you can see that the arsenal has to come in and wipe everything out before the image setters can create the new thing. And that sometimes just planning for how we would do things, like I had just started to create a nonprofit organization and, and although I was like... Mm. Am I going to create the new system from within the old system? I understood that by just putting effort and energy and attention into that, there's a possibility that I would collapse the old system just with the thought. This could play out several ways. We don't totally have control over the script, but we know the movie that we want, and the movie that we want is a, is a world where we all live as equals and not because we fucking begged the elites to let us be equals. The old system's kind of bullshit, and uh, it's not fair, and we didn't like it anyway. Let it die. We're going to be okay. New things, completely new things that you've never seen before 
are going to happen and they don't have to be bad. We're going to be all right. You're all doing a really good job. Hide your consciousness in the sixth dimension and remember that this is a game. I'll be back. I don't have any shows to announce because they're literally all canceled.